find other great podcasts like this one at podmoth.network. A lot's happened since the last time we recorded. We got stuck in a pet cemetery. Yeah, we got stuck in a pet cemetery. And on the same day, got two babies. We got baby rats. Sunny and Sprinkle. Mm-hmm. They're very bad boys. Mm-hmm. Um, Sprinkle's staring. Yeah, he's at looking me. for a treat. That's not gonna happen. They right smell now, dude. so bad. Cause they're baby rats smell so bad. I feel bitches. like this is a little known fact. Cause adult rats, they, they I don't mean, smell bad. The thing is, like any animal you have, they're gonna have a little bit of an odor. Like dog people don't want to admit that. But it's true. There's always going to be a little bit of a smell. And yep. same but with cats think... and like normal pets. But adult rats really don't smell all that bad. Mm-hmm. But baby rats, it, even if you're cleaning them constantly, it's because it's not the cage. It's no, the it's rat them. that they stink. They smell horrible. But honestly, I feel like if I were to take Pepperoni, who's a, our grown rat, yeah. any grown rat basically, and held them up and sniffed them and then taken Steven... And held them up and sniffed them, pepperoni would smell better. Oh, yeah, definitely. And that's the yeah. fact that we never, obviously, like, you don't bathe rats. We've right. never bathed him in his right. entire life. And we have to bathe Steven once a week. <laughs> yeah. And you he know, just stinks. He just smells like dirt. He just, like, dirt and dust and grime and filth and Fritos. <laughs> Free. Well, but that's With the a sprinkling. Thing, Sometimes Steven smells horrible, but sometimes he has a very distinct smell, mm-hmm. but it's not necessarily a bad smell. No, it's like it's the Frito like, smell. Yeah, it's Frito. But I will say I'm on a, I'm on Clean Talk, mm-hmm. which is cleaning TikTok, if you don't know. And I have gotten a number of like how to clean up your pet odor videos. Mm-hmm. And I watch those because we have pets and I think that's good to it's know. useful information. And the amount of people you wouldn't even believe, Taylor, in the comments who are like, my dog doesn't smell. I've never smelled my... You're just and I'm nose like, blind. I am so sorry to tell you this, your dog but smells. your dog does smell and your guests all smell it too. <laughs> yeah. And I know, like, I... It was kind of like when we came home from uh, vacation last week, mm-hmm. and I was like, "Oh my god, it stinks in here!" <laughs> yeah, it's and just I think what our house smells like. Cause... I think that had more to do with it just being closed up and nobody was in here, and there was no air circulation mm-hmm. for like two days or whatever. But there really is—it's um, interesting. There really is a, a unique smell, and it's not always necessarily bad. It's just that every living space has its own. Kind yeah, of it has its smell. own smell. And I think that's interesting. I like how so. we latched on and decided to tangent on the smell of these rats and not the fact that we got stuck in a pet cemetery. Yeah, that was interesting too. We um we had time to kill. Yeah, we had time to kill. We had like a five thirty appointment to pick up these rats from the breeder, which, which was a two know, hour drive from our house. So we, it are, wasn't like people are often shocked and horrified that rat breeders exist. I've had There's a lot a of people... breeder for everything. I've had a lot of people be like, what? 
Mm-hmm. I'm like, yeah, believe it or not, that that is a thing. But anyway, we had an appointment. Would you think, would you consider a infertility clinic a human breeder? In a sense, yes. Exactly. In there is a breeder for everything then. <laughs> um, yeah, so I, well, but not exactly. Because they're not, it would be different if they were just, you know, harvesting litters of babies and, you know. I mean, I guess, but there's like breeding programs for like extinct animals and it's kind of similar to where like they're just like getting that like they're helping these two animals do their own thing kind of yeah to raise babies i see it i wouldn't go so far as to call it a branch of breeding it's yeah i i can see the similarities anyway we had an appointment with the rat breeder it was like a 5 30 appointment and we had some time to kill and we went to a pet cemetery it was the los angeles pet memorial or something like yeah, that yeah supposedly like, there's famous animals there but we didn't see any well, so we also just don't know because i mean the, the quote-unquote famous animals were from like the 40s right you know so like we don't know so but we went and i was already kind of in a mood and so i cried the whole time we were there because it was just really sad and there were so many gravestones with animals and like sad things written piss on pot them. It was so sad because people are like, my best friend. Here lies my best friend. I'm like, oh, my God. Yeah. It was, so, anyways, that was sad. And then uh, we accidentally got locked in there because it was, I mean. It, it was fully it, that guy's fault. I could see it being a little bit of our fault, too, though, because we also, to be fair, we didn't read the hours. I would have thought, I mean, they closed, so they closed at five? Four. Four. Okay, so then we had like a 4.30, whatever it was, but. They closed at four, and that's not normal. I would have thought they would have closed at sundown, mm-hmm. but they closed at four, and then they didn't do a sweep of the park to make sure no one was And it's in not there. a big park. Yeah. It's not big. So it was a Pretty little small. bit that guy's fault and also a little bit our fault for not reading the sign that was right there for us to read. Yeah, I And guess. so... Uh, we got stuck along with another guy who mm-hmm. was in there grieving his pets. Which yeah. can you imagine? Can you imagine? It's like a Sunday, and you go to the cemetery, and you're all to sad because your, your pets are dead, and you sit with them and you cry, and then you get fucking locked in. Yeah, but thankful for that man because he really took charge. We would have just sat there all night. Honestly, I wouldn't have known. What, I wouldn't have known what to do. He found a number. He was able he to was call amazing. people and get the guy to come and unlock us. It was a big thing where we were like we were either gonna get stuck in there for like 15 minutes or like an hour yeah but yeah thankfully we were out of there we were late to our appointment but we did make it and we got our little boys and yeah we drove probably close to 200 miles that day Mm -hmm. the things we do for baby rats yeah well the things i do for baby rats and the things you do i'm forced to to appease me yeah (laughs) yep so now we have these two precious little angel babies who are so cute. And one's a crackhead and the other's a little shy baby boy. Yeah. I would give my life for either of them. They are so, so cute. It baffles me. I still kind of think that, I mean, I get that sewer rats are gross. Like, I'm not, I'm not debating that. But when people see a pet rat and they're like, ew, mm-hmm. I'm like, I think think you're lying for attention right now i don't mm-hmm. think you really don't think because they're so cute they're just lo- they look like mice especially when they're that little mm-hmm. yeah i don't know anyways 
and then um and then we've uh we've just been vibing thriving our lives anyways this is kayla's pick (laughs) and she chose a goodie gerald game i like this movie me too did you know this is based off of a stephen king book i did know that i did not you live under a rock rochelle would be very upset to hear that i don't know he writes lots of books <laughs> i rochelle has told me that the book is better and i believe that yeah apparently there's a whole well we'll get into it but apparently there's a whole deeper layer of the moonlight man mm-hmm. um in the book that is more riveting i suppose yeah i don't know rochelle probably should have been a guest on this episode probably but anyways, this is Gerald's game. Yep. It was released in 2017, which is insane because I feel like I, did you, so I definitely watched this like right when it came out because mm-hmm. I remember a lot of people talking about it when it came mm-hmm. out. So I watched it right when it came out and it doesn't feel like it came out that long ago. I did not watch it when it first came yeah, out. Yeah, I think, did you watch it first with me? No, I I remember specifically, I watched it first without you, and I don't actually think we were living together at the time, so this would have probably been 2019, mm-hmm. because I do remember I was by myself, and I was in the house in Carpinteria. Oh, so but I told you to watch it, didn't I? Because you were maybe. asking for movie recommendations Maybe, I can't remember. So we either, you either weren't home for some reason, or we didn't live together. I don't think we lived together um so yeah that was the first time i saw it and then i have seen it a couple times since i think this is probably my maybe fourth watch Mm -hmm. and most of the watches are just background noise this Mm -hmm. is not the type of movie that i would generally sit and stare at and pay a lot of attention to but i like it it's a good movie yeah uh it has a 6.5 out of 10 on imdb and 91 percent on rotten tomatoes so that's good decent yeah um let me see so this is directed by mike flanagan who has also directed the two series um well technically yeah the two series the haunting of bly manor and the haunting of hill house he directed both of those um he also directed dr sleep which is the sequel to the shining and he also directed a movie that we've both seen, and I think we both like it, Hush. It's the one where she's deaf. Oh, yeah, I like remember that one. Intruder. Mm-hmm. That was a good one. Mm-hmm. Uh, this is also written by Mike Flanagan. Jeff Howard, who has written for Before I Wake and Oculus. And also, of course, Stephen King. Um, this is starring our two main characters, our Carla Gugino, who plays Jesse. Uh, she has been in The Haunting of Bly Manor and The Haunting of Hill House, as well as other things. And then Bruce Greenwood, who plays our Gerald, <laughs> who has uh, portrayed Pike in Star Trek and also had a uh, a uh, part in Doctor Sleep. Um, I could not find anything for the budget or the box office for this movie because it is a Netflix-released movie. So those are typically harder to find. Um, 
obviously this is based on a Stephen King 1992 novel and then I have the synopsis or the summary and then we can get into it yeah okay a couple tries to spice up their marriage in a remote lake house after the husband dies unexpectedly the wife is left handcuffed to their bed frame and must fight to survive and break free yeah i mean most of this is a pretty like it's pretty straightforward Mm -hmm. it's not a lot of back and forth cut scenes and all you know those confusing things there's a lot that i think it's great because there's a lot that happens when nothing is happening yeah when like really nothing's happening but we can kind of get into the nitty-gritty of it after but yeah so i mean anyways the the movie starts out with jesse and gerald going on a trip they're getting ready they're they're going to a cabin in the woods which is just lovely great the jesse's packing some like a cute like negligee like a slip (laughs) like you know what this trip is about yeah and then you see gerald packing cuffs and it's not like the fluffy like satin cuffs or leather cuffs they're like cuffs like (laughs) metal like titanium to god handcuffs like oh my god but uh, yeah and i think it becomes clear as they're driving that this trip is some kind of i said last ditch effort to save the marriage and i don't think i think that's a little dramatic i think it's a more of a like a reconnecting yeah reconnecting they've drifted apart they're trying to reconnect i think maybe the marriage might be in some trouble but i don't i don't know if like divorce is on the table at this point yeah i wouldn't say so Mm -hmm. so gerald is driving he's not paying much attention and he damn near hits a dog that's in the middle of the street trying to eat a dead possum Mm -hmm. and jesse feels bad because the dog looks hungry and she's like well maybe it's got a collar on it you know it might belong to someone and Gerald just honks at him and keeps driving, which is funny to me because I feel like this is the exact dynamic we have in our relationship. Yeah. Well, if it's a dog, like if it's a big dog, like that dog, and it's actively eating roadkill, I'm, I'm not, not getting out it. of the yeah, car. That's true. If it's a tiny little like cute dog that like very obviously has a collar and has lived somewhere, then I'll stop. Yeah. As long as I'm not in the highway, like I will stop. But like that situation, no, I'm not stopping. Yeah. So Gerald keeps driving and they arrive at this very nice house Mm -hmm. in a really remote neighborhood. Mm -hmm. The neighbors are like half a mile away. Yeah. I I don't know if it's this is just because I grow up. I don't I have like Southern California. I don't live near huge lakes, you know, Mm -hmm. all the lakes that I've been to. Not huge. All the lakes that I've been to, I can see the other side of it, you know, for the most part. So whenever I see a large body of water portrayed, I just assume it's the ocean. Yeah. So I I had written, I was like, are they by the beach or are they by a huge ass lake? I don't know. We we know that it's a lake. I guess everyone's just supposed to know it's a lake. I didn't know. I've never also never read the book, so I don't have any previous knowledge of it. But I, I don't know what's wrong with me. It's just I automatically think ocean. But yeah, Gerald stocked the fridge full. Yeah, 
I don't know how he managed to. I guess he hired someone to come out and maybe the yeah. I think he kind of meant like maids, you know. Yeah, but he starts to make them steaks, and Jesse goes outside with some raw steak, calling out to the dog that they saw earlier. Mm-hmm. And we see Gerald. T- I said <laughs> take one of those blue sex pills because I couldn't think of the name. Viagra. For it. <laughs> it's Viagra. Yeah. yeah. Uh, the dog is on the property and he comes to take some food from Jesse, but Gerald comes out and scares the dog away. Mm-hmm. And he's like, dude, that's Kobe ribeye. It's $200 a portion. Mm-hmm. But he's like, you know what? It's fine. Leave the meat out. The dog will have the, you know, the best meal of his yeah. life or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, now it's sexy time because Gerald took the Viagra. So <laughs> something's got to happen. Something's got to happen soon. <laughs> They're playing this weird, like, role-playing sex game in which Jesse is handcuffed to the bed. I guess that's actually not that weird. I feel like that's a common thing. But Also, Gerald is built. Yeah, Gerald is, he's in shape. He is He has been going to, to the, the gym. gym. Yeah. Um, he, yeah, so the, the handcuffs go onto each bedpost, which really, it doesn't look that comfortable. I feel like there are better ways to do that. But mm-hmm. that, I mean, their sex life is none of my business. Yeah, and her hands are also, like, up. Yeah, she's, like... Like, hoisted above her head. Like, she, it's not like she's laying on the bed and she's no, handcuffed. Like, they're hoisted above her yeah, head. Yeah, she's, hanging. like, up. And the, yeah, so she, they, her hands are outward in a T, basically. Mm-hmm. Like Jesse, Jesus Christ on the cross. Yeah, Jesse immediately is obviously uncomfortable, but Gerald is a man, so he's unaware. Yeah, he's entirely unaware. It goes from like kinky to like very obvious like rape fantasy, and as very this quickly, is happening, yeah. Jesse is feeling very weird. Weird. Gerald, of course, is ignoring her, um, and it becomes this thing where, which is why you know rape fantasy i mean you know not to yuck someone's yum but like Mm -mm. it becomes really dangerous because especially in a situation like this where she is very obviously protesting and telling him to stop and actively saying no but because he's already in his mind decided they're doing a rape fantasy thing he's taking it as if she's playing along yeah and so and and i think she and it isn't until she finally, she didn't like, really kicks know him. beforehand either. No, like, like they didn't establish boundaries. No, there was no safe word. Nothing. There was nothing. There was no discussion about this prior. No. And I And I will say, like, I, I'm, I'm fully, I'll be the one, I'm willing to yuck that yum mm-hmm. and say, fucking yuck. That's, no. no. We don't do that here. Mm-mm. But... But yeah, so he also takes another Viagra, which I'm almost positive you're not Does supposed he? to do. Yeah, he takes the second one. Okay, I didn't and know I, if he I think was just that's drinking why water or if he I, actually took another one. No, I he takes another one, and I think that's why he ends <laughs> up dying because he just he has a heart. Yeah, it, like, he's just overdosing it, himself on Viagra. Which, I, like, you're not supposed to do up. that. I mean, listen, I don't know much about Viagra, but I don't think you're supposed to. Well, take isn't multiple. it that's a vasodilator, so it's supposed to like open all of your. Um, <laughs> just pull that word out of your ass what vasodilator i think that's what it is <laughs> what is that it's supposed to open all of your um because people who have heart conditions they can take viagra oh well then yeah because it opens all of your um but it's a, it's a vasodilator so it's supposed to like open all of your like veins and like arteries to get mm-hmm. like better blood flow so it like 
you know, because that's basically what a boner is. So, um, so I think that's probably, I, I'm sure that that's what contributed to him having a heart attack. Yeah, for sure. But <clears throat> yeah, he kind of doesn't take the hint and he tries again to like get into this rape fantasy and he scene. pretends not to be himself either he pretends to yeah. be someone else mm-hmm. it's just this whole weird thing that you can tell neither of them discussed beforehand and she kicks him off of her and tells him to uncuff her and he gets mad he starts to kind of be like you said we would come here to spice things up and you said you'd try mm-hmm. and she's like well just uncuff me and we can talk about it and he's like well what if i don't what if i won't uncuff yeah. you and then she bites him I'm like, good. Yeah, which is which is good for her. And he starts to kind of gasp and breathe weird and grab his chest. And within literally like a minute, uh-huh. he just falls over on top I of could, her. I mean, obviously I've seen this movie before, but like I didn't realize that he starts because you know how like you have like arm pain? Yeah. Before. I mean, I think that's typically like in women or I guess it's the opposite. I don't know. But he starts to like move his arm as if his arm's bothering him mm-hmm. and he's like stretching it and he's like like you can tell that he's having some like uncomfortableness in his arm <laughs> yeah and that's when, even though i've seen this movie before i'm like he's having a heart attack i'm like yeah no shit i've seen this before i know Gerald he's having didn't a heart know attack. the signs he doesn't have no. health anxiety nope and yeah he kills over and he dies on top of her while she's cuffed so she kicks him off of her and mm-hmm. he just thuds right onto the floor below yeah. the bed. So she can't really see all of him, but she can see like the, just the kind of the top of his head and his hands. Yeah, it's like the very top of his head and his arm is like above his head and she can yeah. kind of see that. She's locked tight in that in on those cuffs. She's pulling, she's screaming, she's doing it seemingly everything that she can and she's just not able she's there's no 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 budging um, so she sees a pool of blood starting to form around his head and she starts to yell for help mm-hmm. and i don't think at this point she's kind of it hasn't set in that he's dead yeah i don't think i think obviously like denial you're in a fucking crazy situation you also almost just got raped by your husband so yeah like, I don't think at this point it's set in that he's dead yet. A lot of denials going on. So she's screaming and screaming and screaming. And it kind of cuts to later in the afternoon, it seems like. The sun's kind of in a setting situation. And it seems like she's been screaming for a while. She looks gassed. And she there's some of these windows that are on the side of the room that go to, like, the backyard or a side yard or something. And twig snaps outside and then there's some rustling in the front of the house and then all of a sudden the dog he's back he got in the house somehow (laughs) and he just kind of strolls on in like hey (laughs) i love how he just pokes his head in Mm -hmm. the door like hey what like what's up you just kind of see his snout yeah (laughs) like scoot through the doorway and then he makes himself known and the dog is basically just like listen man i realize this isn't the best timing but i'm hungry and you know so a I'm boy's gonna, gotta eat i'm gonna so. eat your husband yeah and jesse tries to scare him off but is not successful yeah. and he just takes a giant chunk of gerald's arm yeah so she like throws a book at him and um the book is titled midnight mass which uh was written by Kate Siegel's character, 
Kate Siegel is the woman in the movie Hush. That's her. Mm. Oh, that's, that's her. Cool. Kate Siegel is in that's that movie, fun, yeah. and Kate Siegel also plays younger Jesse or Jesse's mom mm-hmm. in this movie. That's a fun little. But Kate egg. Siegel's character in Hush. Uh, ha- wrote that book, yeah. Midnight Mass. Yeah, and then Midnight Mass is also either a movie or a TV show that Mike Flanagan has made. Yeah, on Netflix. So yeah, little, little, you know, spider web weaving all the strings together. Uh, so at this point, the uh, the dog has taken a chunk of Gerald's arm, and Gerald grabs the bed, <laughs> pulls himself up, and starts talking to Jesse. And she then looks over and sees his body on the floor and realizes that she's hallucinating. Yeah. And it's it's kind of this thing where, you know, he even this figment of Jess's imagination, like this, you know, phantom Gerald that we have. He kind of even says that, like, obviously, like, I'm dead. And if anything was going to make you, you know, have a mental break, seeing your husband's arm get chewed on by a stray dog is going to have you trigger a mental breakdown. So that's kind of what we think has triggered it. This dog came in, she's witnessed something pretty fucking nasty, and she kind of is having this mental break and now has formulated this image of Gerald yeah. that is now showing up and is kind of a dick. Yeah, he just kind of verbally harasses her yeah. and calls her stupid and, like, suggests that she's crazy. And and what it is is it's um, – it, the hallucination is – obviously it's her it's not yeah you know it's it's her helping it's her in the form of hallucination helping her process what's going on yeah and we'll get later on we'll get in probably just like another scene we'll get another hallucination of jesse herself not in cuffs and it kind of seems like it's this good cop bad cop where like you know well we'll get to it but yeah so so with there's the help- i think this is the point where obviously he's being really tough on her he says that she's wasting time he says you've been sitting here screaming for however long for hours and you know no one's coming and he kind of like this is her obviously but he's saying there's no maids coming because they already came there's no gardeners because i probably told them not to come and the grass is freshly cut there's no neighbors that are coming and so she has to get all she has to get out by herself and you also kind of get a glimpse of like their marriage like more in depth of their marriage and how there was a time at like some dinner function or whatever at that he she overheard gerald telling a joke to like his boss or something about what is a woman anyway what is a woman anyway? Gerald is the worst. Life support system for a cunt. Jesus Christ. Which is just the, that. I think that just that quote unquote joke tells you exactly who Gerald is. Yeah, of course. And they kind of hint that like that was the moment Jesse really had that, you know, notion of like, who did I marry? Like, is this really who he is that he makes a joke like that? But anyway, yeah. So, I mean, the good news is Gerald's dead and he wasn't a good person, so we don't have to feel bad about it. Nope. So, he basically kind of tells her, like, you got to get yourself out of this, sister. So, you better start fucking doing something. 
She's like, okay. So she slips her hand out of the handcuff and then she breaks off the other banister and she gets up and she's like, see, it was that easy. But then she looks over and she's still locked onto the bed. Yeah, and then a hallucination of Jesse appears Yep, and starts to kind of give her a pep talk. And hallucination Gerald argues with halluc- hallucination Jesse. Mm-hmm. It's like good cop, bad cop. Yeah. He's, you know, the... He's the harsher version of, like, trying to push her to survive, and she's more reassuring. And then Hallucination Jessie says something where she's kind of giving real-life Jessie a a pep talk, and she says, like, you can do this, and says something along the lines of, like, he put you in handcuffs way before Gerald did. And Gerald's like, huh? Huh? Yeah, Hallucination Gerald is confused. He's like, what? Who's he? Yeah. Um, And there's a transition, and we see that it's now dark. Jessie tries using her foot to grab her phone, which is on the bedside table. Mm -hmm. And Hallucination Jessie tells her that if she can't get off the bed, she's going to need to figure out how to live long enough for someone to find her on the bed. Mm Mm-hmm. Jessie said that her head hurts, and Hallucination Gerald tells her that it's because she's dehydrated, which seems a little unlikely. It's only been like seven hours. I've gone without water for a whole day, easily. Well, you have to also think of like, you've gone through a very stressful situation, so you'll probably dehydrate a little bit faster. And like, I don't know. I get. I don't know. I mean, I'm not arguing that she could have a headache. I just don't older. think she'd be like close to death or anything at this point. No, I don't think so. I'm sure she's probably thirsty. Yeah, you know. But um, so they kind of like so Gerald is like, how long do you think you can survive without water? The longest is probably what three days, um. And they kind of have this like back and forth where you find out more about Gerald being a sick son of a bitch, <laughs> and they kind of. Both of them, as they're having this kind of discussion, are hinting to Jesse to remember a certain piece of information. Hey there, my name is Bree. And I'm Suze. We're the hosts of Crime and Spirits, a true crime and cocktail podcast. Do you love spooky stories and all things true crime? How about themed cocktails? Do you love those too? Well, that's perfect because so do we. Yeah, in fact, we love them so much we made an entire podcast all about it. Every week we bring you a new episode that covers a different case or topic of interest. But first, we'll need drinks. Don't you worry, we've got you covered there. Every week we'll teach you how to make a handcrafted cocktail that ties into the theme or topic in some way. So you can find us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and pretty much every other platform available. New episodes roll out every Sunday. So buckle up and sip tight. We can't wait to talk some true crime with you. Bye! We kind of get this like replay of Gerald after he cuffed her to the bed. He goes over to take another Viagra, get a glass of water, and he takes that cup and he puts it on the shelf that's right above the bed. 
So now she has something she can try to get. So she lifts the shelf to the side, which makes the glass slide closer to the side of the bed she she's closest to. And she's able to grab it from the side of the shelf, but she can't reach it to her mouth with the handcuffs on. Mm-hmm. And so she pulls it or sorry, she puts it back down to where she knows that she can reach it again. Mm-hmm. And hallucination Jesse reminds her that she bought her slip new, which mm-hmm. prompts her to remember that she left the tag up on that top shelf as well. Mm-hmm. So she grabs it and she rolls it up into a straw, which she uses to drink the water. Yes. Um, we love it. Resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. By the way, the dog is also still there and very actively eating Gerald during all of this. Yes. Um, she ends up falling asleep while to the lovely soothing sounds of the dog munching <laughs> on her husband. And then we see the dog get spooked by something and kind of runs away. And then there's something fucking huge standing in the corner like of it. the room that she is currently in. And this is, this is so, so scary. It's so fucking <laughs> scary. She wakes up to this kind of dark, shadowy figure standing in the corner. It looks huge. like a really tall man. He's nasty. And he, it looks like he looks to be holding something and... presumably she thinks it's a hallucination because she's been hallucinating for hours now and she closes her eyes and when she opens them again he's closer to her yeah and it's like that you know that that thing i don't know what do they do this in some other movies they do it with like when they have no lights and they do the the camera flash yeah where it flashes and Mm -hmm. something's closer and then it flashes and there's (laughs) something closer closer. and then it's like in your face and then so she closes her eyes or no he gets as he's you know, he gets closer and closer and he opens this bag that has a bunch of bones and jewelry and shiny, like, knickknacks in it. <laughs> and she's just like, nope. You're <laughs> absolutely, not real. Absolutely not. And does what I would do in this situation, just shuts her eyes. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so hallucination Gerald appears mm-hmm. at this point and reminds her that she's not safe anymore mm-hmm. because she's a woman alone in the dark don't we know it yep and she keeps telling herself that it's not real and he remind hallucination gerald reminds her that well the dog left so maybe it was real yeah and he refers to this man as the moonlight man yeah and then he he calls her mouse and she's like what did you just call me she falls asleep again this seems to prompt her or kind of throw her back into a memory of her family arriving on a family vacation by the lake. Mm-hmm. I also put by the beach the first time around because this is a giant. <laughs> well, body isn't of water. technically also a beach? I don't know. I guess so. I mean, you can be at the beach on the lake. Yeah. So, so I guess so. you're not Anyways, wrong. But uh, she was young and her her father was calling her mouse. Yes. So th- there's there's your connection. And it seems like a cute little vacation. There's going to be a solar eclipse and the kids are swimming in the water. They're boating. Mm-hmm. So in in this flashback scene, uh, Jesse's dad reminds her. So, okay. Sorry, let me back up. So Jesse's siblings and her mother have gone to boat and Jesse mm-hmm. and her dad have stayed behind. 
Yeah, and you kind of also get a glimpse that, like, the mom seems to... The way you see it, which you're seeing it through the eyes of younger Jesse, because mm-hmm. this is Jesse's memory, the mom seems to not like her. Yeah. Because she favors her dad, and she's daddy's little girl, and blah, 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 blah. And so, you know, she doesn't want to go out in the boat, and dad is like, that's fine. So the rest of the family goes in the boat, dad stays behind. Dad's a fucking creep. Yeah, it turns out dad should not be alone with any children, including his own, which mm-hmm. is the bare minimum. Mm-hmm. Anyway, You can tell that it's immediately bad when he starts. She's 12, by the way. I don't know exactly when they reference it, but they reference it several times before this scene. She's 12, mm-hmm. and he's calling her a grown woman. <laughs> she's absolutely which not. Which is just the first red flag. Yeah. He's calling her a grown woman. He's being a creep. She's 12 fucking years old. Mm -hmm. And he starts to kind of manipulate her into saying that he wishes when she was younger and they would go and do all this stuff and she'd sit on his lap and blah, blah, blah. And he's like, you know, this probably sounds so stupid. Oh, my God. (laughs) But it would be so, so great if you could just sit on your old man's lap one more time. Gross. And her being the daughter and 12 and yeah. wanting to make her dad happy, it's like, sure, dad, I'll sit on your lap. So she does. Mm-hmm. And they're trying to watch the eclipse and she's looking through the little eclipse viewer mm-hmm. thing. And he's staring at her shoulder and basically jerking off. Yeah. And, and think- she's very aware of what's happening. How can you not be? And she's uncomfortable. And he just keeps telling her to keep looking at the eclipse. Just keep looking at the eclipse. You'll be fine. And she's very obviously fucking tormented in this moment. And then she wakes up. Yeah, so she wakes up at this point and it's morning. Her hands need circulation because she's been hanging on them all night. Mm -hmm. So she pedals her legs to get her blood flowing and drinks some water. Mm -hmm. And hallucination Gerald tells Jesse that their marriage didn't work out because she never told him about the abuse. Mm -hmm. And then hallucination Jesse tells her that she married a man just like her father was. Yeah. Gerald ends up pointing out a footprint in his blood on the floor. Mm-hmm. suggesting that the man that Jesse saw maybe was real after all. And, and then, he says it's death coming for her. And that he'll be back for her tonight. Mm-hmm. Um, she kind of just is like, you know what, fuck this. Closes her eyes and now we're back in a flashback. Yeah, so we're back in another flashback flashback of Jesse, young Jesse again. And her dad essentially gaslighting her over what happened. And he's like... He- well, we should probably tell mom, huh? First he like, says, I'm sorry you were yeah, there yeah. when I dot, dot, dot. Right. He, he gaslights, manipulates. It's very typical of, of yeah, you know, ab- abuse of all kinds, but especially sexual it's abuse. It's so disgusting. So, he, you know, he and he's like, well, we should probably tell mom, huh? Like, even though things have been so tense between you two lately. And he says, we basically, should just take our medicine. Yeah, basically suggests that Jesse's mom would blame her, would blame Jesse. So then, of course, Jesse is like, ah, no, we shouldn't tell her. And because her mom, she already feels like her mom hates her. Right. And basically gets her to a point where she's begging him not to tell anyone. And he's like, well, if you insist, right? <laughs> basically being a piece of shit. Very, yeah. again, very typical abuse tactics. Mm-hmm. 
And also the part with when they say maybe we should take our medicine is a euphemism for punishment, which is also used by Jack Torrance in The Shining. Anyways, um, so he also says maybe it was the eclipse. Thank God we're never going to see one again in our lifetime. (laughs) The eclipse? (laughs) The eclipse? <laughs> You're going to blame your perverted fucking behavior on the Shut eclipse? the hell up. Absolutely Dude. not. Absolutely not. Disgusting. Um, anyways, so Jesse wakes up again to the dog eating more of Gerald no. and also trying to bite her, but she kicks him off. No, she wakes up to the moonlight man licking her feet. That's what she sees it as at first. She sees. I miss that. Ew, gross. Yeah, she wakes up and it's like the moonlight man, but he's like all dark. Oh, I miss that. Licking her feet. And then she like closes her eyes, opens them. It's the dog licking her feet. So then she kicks the dog. Yeah. Gross. She kicks the dog, but then because she kicks the dog, the dog bites her. And um, then just decides, fuck it. I'm just going to eat Gerald, I guess. Yeah. So Hallucination Gerald tells Jesse that nobody came this morning, and if they did, she was asleep anyway, and it's going to take a very long time for anyone to realize they're missing and come looking for them. And he starts describing in great detail what it'll be like when their bodies are finally discovered. Mm-hmm. And he says that Death is going to come and take her wedding ring mm-hmm. and one of her bones that they may not notice when they do an autopsy, like the third phalange on your foot. Mm-hmm. And goes into like sickening detail. <laughs> sickening. Which is just like, which is even crazier if you like just think about the fact that it's, it's herself telling yeah, her these yeah. things. Mm-hmm. And it's just how, cra- like how your mind will just start to like reel and reel and yeah. reel when you're literally just chained to a bed and left to nothing but your own thoughts. Yeah. So through this whole conversation, Jessie realizes that she's going to die and she starts singing. She's very delirious now. She's mm-hmm. seeing a hallucination of her father as well, and she falls asleep again. Mm-hmm. And she dreams that she's back on the beach or by the lake where her father abused With her. With the eclipse. And, yeah, going inside the lake house, she sees her younger self sitting handcuffed on the bed. And the younger version of herself tells her that she wants her to remember. She has everything that she needs to survive. All she needs to do is remember. So her younger self helps Jesse remember this of this new flashback that that night at the lake house she had accidentally broken a glass at dinner and cut her hand and her father helped her wrap it up and told her that he didn't want to have to take her to the emergency room to get her fingers sewn back on. Mm-hmm. So now she wakes up with this new information. Yeah. She knows what she needs to do she needs to do the glass and Mm -hmm. so now it's gerald telling her that's a stupid idea and that you're gonna fucking die and then there's hallucination jesse telling her like okay if you're gonna do this you really need to think of every single step that you're going to do before you bleed out and die yeah and so they kind of go through all of this you know these scenarios of how like you know blood is slicker than oil you know before it clots and the wrist has like the least amount of nerve endings and all of the like like joints in your body or whatever and my favorite part is where the gerald says something and she's like well my only options are either die from seizures dehydration or dog and i'm like (laughs) damn okay so she does it yeah so um she 
Yeah, so I mean, she has no choice, really, right? So, mm-hmm. so what she does is she breaks the water glass, yeah. and she this is not pleasant. No, she uses the shards to slice the skin around her wrist. She, she. So the <laughs> shelf above her is wooden. She takes a giant shard of glass, jams it into the mm-hmm. side of the wooden shelf, and basically just slices, stabs it into the middle of her wrist. And pulls her arm down so it slices uh, all the way into like the middle of the palm of her hand. Ooh. Fucking disgusting. No, no, no. I don't think she needed to do all that, but you know, she did it anyway. Yeah, so so which in in turn, of course, slicks up her wrist and her hand, and then she slides her hand out of the handcuff, successfully degloving herself in the process. Degloves her fucking hand. And you see it all. You see the whole thing. Yeah. If I mean, you don't not. know what degloving is, because we know what degloving is because we watch Grey's Anatomy. And we have rats. And we have rats. But what degloving is, is basically what it sounds like if you were wearing a glove and you took it off, but the glove is your skin. Ugh. So it's like the skin is being ripped away from the bones and the tendons of your body. Of, I don't like it. Of your hand. I don't like it. Or anything else. It can happen to any this part of your is, body. For me, this compares I to... think of, I think I think about this <laughs> so often. Her degloving her fucking hand. I, I, I managed to watch it this time, but oh. I have not been able to watch it every time in the past because oh. it just, like, it just burns. It's so bad. Ooh. Like, I can just feel oh yeah i don't like it and then it it just carries over because she does so well of like i feel like some people don't do very well with like injured acting yeah she does very well so yeah she has no time to fucking waste she's gotten her now degloved hand Mm -hmm. out so the first thing she does is she moves the bed over so she can reach the foam that's on the nightstand but of course it's fucking dead yeah. So she drags the bed to the other side of the room to get the key for the cuffs that is in the, like the bathroom counter. And like this is w- the part where you kind of can tell her like injured acting because her other hand that is working is still chained to the bed. Mm-hmm. So she has to use her degloved hand Ugh. to pick the key up off of the countertops. And you can and tell he- she's having sh- like her hands shaking really, really bad. It's fucking covered in blood and she like can't get her fingers to like grasp for the key yeah i mean picking up a key on the fucking countertop is hard enough anyways (laughs) just with a normal just with a normal working hand let alone a hand that's just been degloved and isn't she probably doesn't have any feeling in it yeah so she does a very good job acting it and so she is able to pick it up and she puts it in her mouth in order to unlock the cuff Mm -hmm. which she does yeah, and so she frees up her other hand. She goes to the sink to drink water, and she uses some pads to wrap her hand up. But she is a very smart woman. Yeah, I I wouldn't have I'd gotten like this far. I'd like to think that in a crisis situation, I can think on my feet like this. No, but I, I can't. Don't think I could. I know I can't. And really, if it came to the point where my choices were degloving myself or dying, I probably I would probably have to die. Yeah. I don't think I could do that. I don't think I, I could I don't either. think so. But she has lost a ton of blood at this point, and so she passes out. Yeah, right when before she, she could get to the car keys. Yeah, and when she wakes up, it's completely dark outside. The dog is grabbing at her and trying to eat her because she's covered in blood. 
Mm-hmm. And she sees that when she landed, she fell right near Gerald's body, which is all gross and has many chunks taken out of yeah, all of the his parts. Fucking, his eyeball is missing. Yeah, like his part of face. his face is missing. Mm-hmm. It's fucking gross. <clears throat> so she gets up and gets the car keys. And then the dog is reacting to something. Yeah, so the dog is growling down the hallway and she realizes that the strange man is back, the Moonlight Man. Moonlight Man. And she walks down the hall towards him and just hands him her wedding ring. I th- well, I think she still doesn't believe he's real. Yeah, I think so. so too. I think she, she thinks he's hallucinating. She's hallucinating. Yeah, she walks towards him and says, "You're only made of moonlight, mm-hmm. and you're that's not when real. She, you're not real." Gives him the wedding ring and is like, "Fucking peace." Gets in the yeah. car, speeds off, and we see Gerald give her one, one last wave goodbye. Yeah. So. As she's driving, she starts to nod off and she starts to hallucinate again. And she ends up crashing into a tree. But we see house lights turn on right in front of where she's crashed and some people coming out to help. And we also see that Jessie has survived the crash and she gets out of the car and passes out again. Yeah. And in that moment when she's out of the car, she's fucking covered in blood and she's wearing this like off white satin slip. She looks almost identical to another first hit of Stephen King, Carrie, when she's Mm -hmm. doused in pig blood. Mm -hmm. But anyway, cut. Smash cut. It's her after the crash. She's wearing like a burn glove on Mm -hmm. her hand. She's writing a letter. Yeah, she can write again with her damaged hand. With her fucked up hand. I can't believe it didn't have to be amputated. Yeah, I mean, dear God. That's a medical miracle right Mm -hmm. there. So she goes on to state how, like, the scene of the, the chain of events that happened after she was discovered, you know, surgeries, you know, uh, life insurance policies for Gerald, all this other shit, and says that everything had kind of returned to normal except every night she had nightmares of the Moonlight Man returning. And she says one thing that haunts her is that after they went to the cabin, the lake house or whatever they never found her wedding ring which suggests the moonlight man is real she says that she used some of gerald's life insurance to start a foundation for young people that went through sexual abuse mm-hmm. and she learns from the news mm-hmm. that the man she saw was in fact real the moonlight man is real mm-hmm. and that he is a grave robber who would essentially a grave robber he started as a grave robber right uh but but a man who would mutilate bodies and steal items from the dead he would take body parts and and fancy jewelry that they had been buried with take trinkets he then started to have sex with the dead Mm -hmm. Uh, only the men though only the men thankful for thanks uh thank god in regards to jesse um then he moved on to the living Mm -hmm. and started to chop off ears and all kinds of other nasty ass shit. Also, one thing that you see uh, is Gerald's ear is missing. Mm-hmm. If you, in the moment where he's fucking all fucked up, his ear is missing. So the Moonlight Man probably took his fucking ear. Yeah. Um, and he suffers from something called acromegaly. Yes. Which the actor who portrays the Moonlight Man, Carol Striakson, also actually suffers from acromegaly. 
I love how they took an actual real medical condition and were just like, like what is look it? at how fucking hideous it is. <laughs> they just made it what as, we make him creepy. <laughs> they just made it as offensive as possible. Yeah. They were like, You have a disorder. Let's make it scary. Yeah, let's make you fucking nightmarish. <laughs> I would have such like, I mean, props to that actor, because I would have such hurt feelings <laughs> if I, I had mean, a disorder. The thing is, though, is that if you have something like this and it makes you look this fucking ghoulish, why not make, Capitalize make it, fucking right? money, make your bank, and be in horror movies? No, but I did. I Because I, I, I looked up the actor. I saw a picture of the actor. Mm-hmm. He looks nowhere. I mean, they really uh, yeah, they obviously the like. If Honestly, if I passed him in the street, I don't know if I would even like no. do it i mean i wouldn't stare at him because that's rude mm-hmm. but i don't even know if i would notice that anything was different about him i yeah. think you would have to like be well, you would yeah have to it's ha- just you know. it's he's got the the frame yeah for creepy no but they and did it they, up well yeah. for the movie mm-hmm. you know but yeah so they surmise that he has killed a dozen people in the last five years but for some reason he spared her um and he has not spoken a single word since he was arrested mm-hmm. and now they're at his arraignment and she goes to court jesse goes to court to see him be sentenced his name is raymond by the way whatever i don't know if that she's like hey <laughs> yeah she just barges into court mm-hmm. i don't think you're allowed to do that i think she'd be shot honestly <laughs> but you know I whatever think, i really don't think you're allowed to do that because he's standing up he's being sentenced actively mm-hmm. And she just walks in like she owns the place. Hey, you. Hey. (laughs) He turns around and he speaks. He says, you're not real. You're only made of moonlight. (laughs) And then he rips his fucking hands as if it's just like made out of paper mache out of the handcuffs, which I'm sure Jesse would have wished to have super strength like that because goddamn. And she walks right up to him, right past the barrier, right into the, you know, I don't know what it's called, the area where they do the actual court. And she sees the Moonlight Man. His face morphs into her dad. His mm-hmm. face morphs into Gerald. And she's such a badass. And she just looks at him and goes, hmm, you're so much smaller than I remember. And turns around, walks out of the courtroom, <laughs> t- puts some shades on, and just walks into the sunlight. And that's it. I love it for her good for her yeah god damn she faced her fears she's free from all the shackles she can live her life yeah it's free from all those terrible fucking men so many terrible men i love how really when you boil it down most horror movies are just like look at what these men did (laughs) yeah i don't think any horror very this this horror movie does not pass the bechdel test Oh yeah, no. If there were if there were no men, I don't think we'd have any no topics. Men. No men. <laughs> I want I know. a horror movie with no men. <laughs> no, what I'm saying is if there were no men in the world, oh. I don't think we'd have any topics for horror movies. I think horror movies would be so much better. <laughs> they're, they're they're all they'd like, have to think of something original. Yeah. We sh- that, you know what? That should be our next project. We can write a screenplay about for a, a horror movie, movie with only women that passes the Bechdel test with flying colors. Yeah. Are you going to read Letterboxd or shall I? Yeah. I already got it pulled okay. up. Okay. So this is by... Oh, do you want to rate it first? Oh, sure. I, I mean, I guess... What, uh, One what are we to sp- ten handcuffs. Okay. <laughs> I feel like I'd give it... 
I'm, you know what? I'm going to go for it. I'm going to give it a nine. Yeah. I think. I'll... I don't have a lot of complaints about this one. Yeah. I give it an eight. I do wish the Moonlight Man thread was a little more fleshed out. Mm-hmm. I feel like it was almost a little bit glossed over, and I feel like they just could have done a little more with that. I don't yeah. know what the book was like, but. There, there was a lot of. There was a lot of great dialogue, which, Mm -hmm. of course, you would if it's based on a Stephen King novel. Right. There was lots of great dialogue, obviously lots of fucking monologues because she's chained to a bed and just having conversations with herself. Um, I just wish that there, I think if there was more of, like, Moonlight Man stuff, there would be more scariness in it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I guess that would be my critique, too. So, I'd say an eight. Yeah. Okay. So, this is by Hania. Hania, mm-hmm. uh, two and a half stars. Kinks are canceled until y'all learn how to behave. <laughs> Joe March, two stars. I watched this with my grandma. Uh, Kayla, three stars. The part when she used her blood to slide her hand through the cuff, seeing her skin and wrist made me so queasy. Yeah. <laughs> Clementine. Three and a half stars and liked the movie. If I was in this situation, I'd make it out with... I'd I'd make it out the handcuffs. Okay. (laughs) Clementine is confident in her abilities. L Driver, three stars. This really went from straight porn gone wrong to 127 hours to a family drama to a ghost story to some Jeffrey Dahmer shit to an uplifting female conclusion. And I honestly loved every second. Yeah. Asim Pollard, three and a half stars, said, Oh, hi, doggy. <laughs> <laughs> oh, hi. Juan, three stars and liked the movie. Fifty Shades of Grey meets 127 hours. Yeah, for real. Adri, two and a half stars, said, All right, that's it. I'm kink shaming. <laughs> Liz, three and a half stars. This movie was just another reminder that men ain't shit. True. <laughs> Terrence, three stars. Mother and father were ripped. <laughs> 80s slasher fan, three and a half stars, like the movie. I'll never look at my hand the same way again. Yeah. Mondo Cinema, three and a half stars and like the movie. I would never worry about this happening. My wife always has a headache. (laughs) Amelie, four stars. All she said is hand. Yeah. So many. It's a Stephen King thing. So, of course, like every fucking person has paragraphs. It's like a a serious review. Okay. So, the last one is... Tatiana Sophia, three and a half stars. I'm so glad I dropped the idea of watching this during dinner. Honestly, yeah. Disgusting. Disgusting. Oh, God. Anyways, (sighs) what a great movie. If you have access to Netflix, you should watch it. It's on Netflix. It's been there since 2017. If you haven't watched this movie, what are you doing? (laughs) It's great. But it's, it's disgusting, so don't watch it while you're eating. And if you want to know what degloving looks like, 
watch this movie or Grey's Anatomy or Grey's Anatomy except they don't show it in Grey's Anatomy in such excruciating detail or you can also just go on literally any of my rat Facebook groups and see a degloved rat tail and see a degloved rat tail while you're scrolling through Facebook memes you know I'm gonna say it I hope I don't jinx it Mm -hmm. I don't know how the hell people are managing to yeah I Uh, we've had what have we had now Sunny and Sprinkle are our eighth and ninth rats, I yeah. think. And we've also had a nice little handful of mice as well. Mm-hmm. I've never, ever had a single rodent come even close to degloving their tail. And I swear I've, to God on those Facebook groups, it's happening every other day. Yeah. Also, like, dogs can have degloved tails. I'm never probably going to jinx that it. I'm going to wake up tomorrow and all three of them are going to have degloved tails. Yeah. They're gonna- I, I don't know. The time, like, you always get, like so panicked about being like a terrible rat mom and not taking care of them but then all you have to do is just go on facebook and you'll see people who's like hi so um my rat's (laughs) eyes have been hanging out of their skull for the past 24 hours should i take them to the vet so like you're fine Yeah, or like are- they have massive tumors or they're like um my rats like they'll show a video of like oh my rat's been doing this and like their rats actively seizing <laughs> like they've been doing this on and off for like four months people, now like what should are, i do people are so wild on facebook it's so really stupid it's really a lot um it's 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 almost the opposite of like how people with like dogs and cats are yeah or like anything that's abnormal from like how their dog normally acts they immediately take them to the vet yeah and then that's when you get those stories of like you know all of you, uh, sometimes dogs are just drama queens and cats too but like th- that's when you get the stories of like actually my dog uh, just had like a thorn in its paw yeah. and that's why it was acting weird this one time someone had told me that this is a lo- i think i want to say college maybe or maybe a little after college, so, someone I was talking to, like someone I just knew casually, like a coworker or something like that, had told me that her dog was sneezing a lot. And so they brought her to the vet because they thought that she had a cold, which I don't even really, I mean, I, I, I don't know. I think they can have respiratory illnesses. Like I'm stuff. not sure if they can have an actual cold. But anyways, she was like, yeah, I, I took him to the vet. And she was so upset because the vet basically said that, you know, they couldn't do anything. And I was like, damn, girl. Like, I, I don't know what to tell you. I If Stephen was sneezing, I would tell him to shut the fuck up. There's no way I'm taking a dog to the vet over sneezing. Well, there's times, though, that he sneezes. Do you remember that one day he was <laughs> yeah. sneezed, like, every 10 seconds? No, he just had, like, one period of, like, a sneezing attack. Yeah. I don't know, and we literally to- looked at him and we were like, shut up. <laughs> He must have gotten something in his nose or yeah, something like know. that. And he sneezed like 10 times in a row. Yeah. I was like, you have to stop. You <laughs> have to just stop. shut the fuck up. Like, get over it. Thanks. Yeah. No, but it, yeah. So anyways, um, people are crazy. People are wild out there. I don't know how we got into that tangent, but anyways. It has nothing to do with Gerald's game, but this was Gerald's game. Yeah. Next week is my pick. It's gonna be some war movie. You'll, f- I feel like one day you're going to find a way to make me watch a, a war movie for this podcast. Yeah, I don't put it past you. I like war movies. Stupid. I think they're interesting. I just like dramas, and all war movies are dramas. Dramas, and are all stupid. dramas are war movies. 
don't like drama. Anyways, thanks for listening. Um, like we said, watch Gerald's Game. It's on Netflix. Um, if you would like to follow us on any platform like twitter aka x you can do so at speak devil pod or on instagram that's where we post our polls where we choose like lister picks and stuff and we also just post random shit um at speak of the devil pod uh we also announce new episodes on there as well so you'll get notified when a new episode is up on there um you can send us an email with recommendations or reviews or anything else um at speak of the devil podcast one at gmail.com and that's the number one at gmail.com um and i think that's it because i always think that there's something else but there isn't um please like share subscribe to our podcast give us a five star review anything less than five stars don't do it because we don't want it um but share this with your lake house neighbors and your rats and your rats and your attorneys and and maybe your facebook groups and your facebook groups and the moonlight man actually don't share it on facebook groups because we'll be bullied so fast they're brutal in facebook groups yeah maybe next week i'll i'll tell the story about the drama on my peloton facebook group oh yeah well, join us next week for that juicy <laughs> tale. In the meantime, you also cut off my joke. I was going to say that Sorry. they should share it with the moonlight man that stares at them while they sleep. That, to be fair, my joke was better. The Babadook. Anyways. Thanks for listening. You we'll said better. see you next week. You said better when we're not scared of anything. Are you?